All right, who's ready to thrive? Are you guys ready to thrive with me? Let's do this. This is week two of our series where we're realizing as we start a new year, we don't want to settle for average when it comes to our relationship with God. We want to do everything we can to set ourselves up for success so that we can thrive, not settle for average, not settle for less, not miss out on one thing that God has in store for us. And so last week we kicked off this concept by realizing the importance of hanging out with God, spending time every day with Jesus, because that's the most important relationship that you can spend time investing in and developing in your own life. And so we realized you got to clear the schedule. You got to make time for God's word. You got to clear the, the distractions and you got to meditate on God's word. Be thinking about and praying about what it is that God's trying to teach you through his word. And lastly, we talked about the importance of memorizing God's word. So we all went in on Psalm 119.11 and we said, your word I have hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And I know that every single one of you today has memorized that verse already. So we're good. You guys knew that already before I even said it. So you're good. But as we dive into this next habit that we want to develop, I want to remind you the importance of habits. Because it's reality uh, what this, this phrase and what this quote says. It says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits, those routines, those patterns in your life. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Our habits are really important. And our habits are important because they really work both ways in our lives. Because while our habits, the routines and the patterns of behavior that we have in our life do determine our character and shape our destiny, the right habits can also change the way we think change our words, change our actions, and reinforce positive routines in our life that really do change everything. For example, when you do decide, hey, I'm going to spend time in God's word every day, it changes the way you think because you're meditating and thinking about God's word. There is power in developing good habits. Good habits change everything. And that's why what we're talking about here as we kick off this new year is so important when it comes to this idea of thriving. So today, we're talking about activating your gifts, all right? Last week was hang out with God. That started with an H this week it starts with an A, activate your gifts, and it's a six-week series. I bet you it's going to spell habits by the end of this series. I, I just I have an idea that that's where we're heading. Spoiler alert, it's true. It does. And you're going to remember them. I know this. But here's the idea. We've got to be able and willing to activate our gifts. You are here on planet Earth for a reason. And if you are breathing, let's all take a breath together. <sighs> If you are, oh, someone was in pain there. That, that, that sounded distressful. Okay, I hope you're okay. <laughs> if you are breathing, God still has a plan for you. You have gifts that God has given you, that he's given you for a reason. And so here's the thing. We, we, we got to remember today and dive into this concept that you are God's masterpiece. All right? He has prepared good works in advance for you to do. He has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. And it's when we activate our gifts, when we put those into practice, that we live fully into the purpose and the plan that God has for each of our lives. So if we relegate ourselves to, to sitting on the sidelines, we allow our insecurities and our fears to leave us there on the side, we miss out on, on specific plans that God has for our lives. We miss out on opportunities to connect people with Jesus, to live into the purpose, into the, the life to the fullest that God wants each of us to live. We've got to be focused on and developing this habit of activating the gifts that God has given us. I believe that when we stand before God, 
I think it all boils down to two things. I really do. I think that when we stand before God, when we take our last breath on planet Earth and we find ourselves in the presence of God, I think the most important question we're all going to have to answer in front of God is, what did you do with my son Jesus? That's the most important thing. Did you say yes to Jesus? Did you invite him into your heart? Were you fully surrendered to him? And did you activate your gifts? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you? Were you fully surrendered to me? Were you all in? We are going to be held accountable for what it is we did with the gifts that God has given us. That's why it's so important that not just for our own benefit and for the benefit of others that we activate our gifts, but the recognition that, man, this has eternal consequence. God is very interested in how I am utilizing and using, putting into practice the gifts that he has given me. And I think a lot of times we relegate ourselves to the sidelines because we diminish the value of the gifts that we perceive our, our, ourselves as having, right? We see other people who have these extraordinary gifts. We say, well, I, I could never be, you know, that great of a, of a person or a Christian. And, and we relegate ourselves to the sideline because of our insecurities and our fears. We just don't think that we are that great. I want to challenge you with the idea that you have a gift that God wants to use today. God has created you. You are his masterpiece and he has a purpose and he has a plan for you. And we all have to start somewhere. I love the idea of, of, of Romans chapter 12. It talks about this idea that we are all part of the body of Christ. Some of us are the hand, uh, some of us are the feet, some of us are the nose, the ears. We all have our place and our role to play. And we're all supposed to be coming together and using these gifts, whether it's wisdom or encouragement or leadership or just helping. Use what God has given you activate that gift and live into the plan that he has for your life. As I was thinking about my journey through life and where my, uh, I, the activation of my gifts began, let's call it that, I think all the way back to when I was in middle school, seventh, eighth grade, I just started playing my trumpet. Anybody with me? Any, uh, let's go, come on, band nerds. Let's go. Let's go now. Hey, who's with me? Who played in the band? Come on. All right. So I was playing my trumpet and my mom, she played the piano at our church and she was always like, Tim, we're playing a special number at church today. And I'm going, no, no, it's the last thing I want to do. And so I was so nervous because I knew I looked like a nerd up there in front of all my friends. And I was playing this song with my mom. I was, ah. The one thing I am thankful for, the way that I was raised, it is impossible to embarrass me now. I can't be embarrassed. It's already been done to me. I'm good. I'm good. So I'm, I'm cool. Nerves of steel now. I cannot be embarrassed. Uh, but I got so nervous when I was playing my trumpet because, A, I didn't want to be up there. B, I'm with my mom. And, and C, I just know I look just like a total nerd. And so here's the thing. I was playing my trumpet, and I, this was the routine. Whenever I'm playing a special music, a special number with my mom, uh, I'd play through the verse, first verse of the chorus and be fine. It's brilliant. Like, phew, that's the best trumpet solo since Louis Armstrong. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> But then I'd get like to, there's like always like an intermission where you take a break and you hold your trumpet like this and they play a little interlude and it rests your lips. You're like, here we go, here we go. I'm ready for the grand finale. And then when I get to the second verse, I would just get so nervous. I'd be going, everybody's looking at me. I don't like this. And I would literally start shaking. I, I, it was uncontrollable shaking. And I could, not play, I could not play my trumpet. I was shaking so bad. And all my, it became the biggest joke. I was like once every two or three months, Tim's playing his trumpet. And they'd be all like, you're not going to make it through it this time, are you? No, probably not. Ah, I hate my life. And so 
that's my story of me activating my gifts. I am God's masterpiece. God has used me in my trumpeting to change thousands of lives. Um, <laughs> but that's where it starts, right? It's the attitude of, of being willing to serve. I mean, honestly, on a much more serious note, when I went off to college, uh, I went to a very conservative Christian college down in Florida, and part of the requirements of going there was you had to engage in a, what they called a Christian service. Like, you had to check the box, what was your Christian service this week? And as a freshman going down to college, I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't want to do a Christian service. Well, you know what my Christian service ended up being? I started helping out with a local church's youth group at a local church of the Nazarene in Clearwater, Florida. God used that act of service for me to become awakened to the gifts and abilities that he had given me. And lo and behold, after I graduated from college, that's the church that gave me a call after I graduated college and said, hey, Tim, we believe in you, and we need a youth pastor. Would you like to be our youth pastor? It was activating my gift that started opening the window and opening the doors for me to live into the calling that God had placed on my life. It, it starts small. It starts by just being willing to activate your gift and, and utilize the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And so when we talk about that, I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4. This is Peter breaking down the importance of activating your spiritual gift. He writes, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. That is a, that's a tall order. I mean, consider what he's saying right now. Do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as if God is speaking through you. I don't think we think about this very often, but God speaks to other people through you. That is terrifying, right? I mean, look at the person next to you. Look, look right now. Look at the person next to you. Through that person. God speaks through that person. That's extraordinary, right? And God speaks through you. When we activate our gifts we allow ourselves to become part of God's story. We, we allow ourselves to live into the purpose and the plan that he has for each and every one of us. And when we relegate ourselves to the sidelines, when we don't put our gifts into practice, you guys, we miss out on what God is trying to do. We miss out on the blessing that comes from being reliant on him, overcoming our insecurities, overcoming our fears, and stepping out and, and, and taking that risk and activating our gifts we miss out on the plan and the purpose that God created us for. I want to challenge you today with this idea, have you activated your gift? Are you serving God with the gifts and abilities that he's given you? This is an important concept to start off with. You've got to activate your gift with confidence. God has a plan for your gift. And again, a lot of times we think we have to have this superpower gift to be used by God. Oh, I need to be a preacher or a, a missionary, you know, or, or be on TV for something. No, 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 no. God uses every single gift and ability he's given us. When we activate it, he uses that for his glory. I love it when people think outside the box and when they realize I've been called to be used by God and they use gifts and abilities that we wouldn't normally think of as, as being opportunities and tools that connect people to Jesus. I want to take two minutes and highlight someone who's homegrown from our Crossroads family who identified some gifts and passions that he had and has used them now over these last few years to connect people to Jesus. Let's check out this video and take a look at Seth Hosteller and what he's been doing. Uh, so growing up, I've always had an interest in aviation. Uh, I just never did anything with it. So um, I came to this point in my life where God took me on this journey and really grew me. And 
It was during that time that God, I felt like God gave me this nudge and said, I gave you this desire in your heart for a reason. So, and he, I felt like he was telling me that he needed me to pursue it. So that's what me got, got me started in aviation and, and gave me the inclination to actually do something about it. So in the same time, when God took me through the journey, when I felt like he called me to missions aviation, I felt like he put Alaska on my heart. At the time, I didn't realize why. But now that I've been to Alaska, I can understand now seeing the needs there and um, my heart goes to the native people and the struggles that go on there. My heart and desire is growing to share the gospel and to reach people for the sake of the gospel and truly share with them in that blessing so that they can um, grow and have better communities and, and heal from the, the struggles that they have there. Alaska is known to have one of the highest suicide rates of anywhere in the U.S. Uh, statistically, in, um, from 2016 to 2018, 1,103 people killed themselves during that time. And um, now, statistically, in 2019, a person kills himself every 44 hours, which is increased from every 48 hours in 2018. This uh, problem continues to grow. It's continuing to be a problem. And this epidemic of suicide is being fed by problems of drugs, alcohol abuse and uh, depression and um, just the communities are kind of deteriorating from all these problems that they're facing. So as we work in Alaska we hope to leverage on those that genuinely have a desire to help their own people. I've noticed a, a, a expression of a lot of people having a desire to help their own people. Um, they just simply lack the knowledge and understanding how to do that. So. I think we can greatly leverage on their desire to help their own people, to train them and equip them to be able to help their own people, and that will sustain them for generations to come versus just simply going there and sharing the gospel and then leaving and just being there for a short time. Hey, I've got Seth with me here today. Would you just welcome him to the stage as we talk to Seth? <laughs> Seth, I'm really glad you're here with us, man. I love Seth's story, and I wanted to highlight this today because Seth has a passion for flying, and that's not something you would typically say, oh, I like to fly. I can use that gift to connect people with Jesus, and yet I think from an early age, you were passionate about flying, which I think is even more extraordinary because Seth grew up in the Amish community. Can we give it up for the Amish community here today? That's right. <laughs> Amish. Here we go. Boom. Um, we actually have a picture of the first time Seth attempted to fly. Uh, I think we got that up here today. Yeah, there it is. It was a... Uh, Yep, Amish Airlines. <laughs> Something seems off about that, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, <laughs> Seth, I mean, you've been around here at Crossroads since I think 2013. Is that right? Seven yeah. years. Uh, I think it was five years ago. You were uh, tooling around in a what is that? Is a paraglider? A par what are those called? Paramotor. A yeah. paramotor. And I mean, it ended badly for you, right? I mean, you were yeah. passionate about trying to figure out what the dreams are, uh, and it crashed. But I mean. You went through a difficult six-month period in your life where God spoke to you and used that. I mean, talk mm -hmm. to us about that for a second, because that, that's a pretty crazy moment in your life. Yeah. So back in 2015, I believe it was in July, um, I was uh, going through a period of trying to figure out, I knew God had called me to uh, missions aviation, but I went through a period of just um, trial and error, I guess. Um, it was me trying to do things my way, I guess. <laughs> and uh, my paramotor incident is what it looks like when we try to do things our right. own way versus the way God calls yeah. us to do it. 
Um, but I ended up uh, breaking my back, my pelvis in four places, and yeah. a broken rib. But um, during that time, I'd already, like you had said, I'd been a part of the Crossroads community. Yeah. But just uh, your guys' prayers and support through that time was huge. Yeah, um, yeah that's so awesome. So thank you. That's awesome. That speaks to the church family. Yeah. And your love and support was huge, and um, God turning that for the honor and glory of his, yeah. his being. So that's, I mean, that's the time frame when God starts speaking to you and kind of figuring out uh, what that looks like if you gave that gift to him. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Seth is now he's been up in Alaska flying planes, which a lot of these villages in Alaska, the only way you get to them is by plane. Yeah. So you're the great connection to civilization. I mean, honestly, for a lot of these places. And he's realized that he has opportunity to connect kids with Jesus doing uh, Bible camps in the summer um, and, and is focused on training leaders that will help connect people to Jesus in their own communities. And so, Seth, I love what you're doing, man. And I just want you to know we believe in you. Use the gift that God's given you um, to connect people to Jesus and fly, man. Fly. Stay away from the paraglider things, but okay. keep flying these planes and, and connecting people with Jesus. I wanted to highlight Seth and what his ministry is and what he's doing and just pray a prayer of, of blessing over him uh, before we were done here. So can you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And let's just pray together as a church family a prayer of blessing over Seth as he heads off. I mean, it becomes real here this spring, I mean, yeah. you're diving in, and I love it, man. It's, 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 it's all in for you, and I believe God's going to bless that. Let's, let's pray for Seth. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for Seth, uh, for the way that you've been moving and working in his life, for the gift that you've given him and the calling that you've given him on his life. God, I pray that you would bless him and keep him, that your face would shine upon him and be gracious to him, that you would turn your face toward him and give him peace as he answers this call to ministry that you've played, uh, placed on his life and as he uses the gifts and abilities you've given him to give you glory. God, we thank you for what he's doing and look forward with anticipation to how you're going to use him. We pray this in your name. And together we say, amen. 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 Thank you, Seth. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and hey, spoiler alert. Here's what we're going to do. As a church family, I mean, this is a big life move for Seth here in the next few weeks. I would love just to support him and his mission. Uh, we're going to take a special offering here at the end of the service today. And if you feel led to give to support Seth and his ministry, uh, let's give him this second offering. And just as a church family, rally around Seth and support him and this step that he's taken to use his gifts that, that God has given. Are you with me on that? Are you with me? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Okay, now, here's the thing. I want to keep moving on here because this is so important. In 1 Peter 4, uh, it continues. Uh, Peter writes, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. So the first thing is, do you have the gift of speaking? Like you're in front of these people and you're influencing people. Then speak as if the voice of God is what you are speaking with. Like he is with you. That means you don't have to be insecure. You know, God is with you. Then he's saying, how about this? If you have the gift of helping, like if you, <laughs> if you can't figure out any other gift, like, okay, I don't even like to fly. I don't even have a passion for flying a plane but I can help. I mean, we can all help, right? That's like the baseline. Let's just be open to helping, helping others perform their ministries, helping others uh, connect people with Jesus. If it's behind the scenes, whatever it is that I can do, I will just be willing to help. Peter says, listen, if that's where you're starting, go with that. Help with all of the strength that you have. Give it every single thing you've got. And I believe that when we step out on faith and use the gifts and abilities that God has given us, even if we take those baby steps, just starts by helping, that God starts to use that. God starts to work in our hearts. God starts to help us realize, man, we're, we're playing a role in building his kingdom. We're living into the purpose and the plan that he has for me. That's when our relationship with Jesus comes alive. Guys, that's when we begin to thrive. And that's what he's calling us to, to step out with courage, 
recognize that God is with you. He's created you for this moment. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you hanging. You are going to meet him when you step out in faith. He is going to meet you in that place when you use that gift and activate your gift with courage. I love in scripture the transitions. The transitions that you see in leadership throughout the Old Testament specifically, there's some fantastic leadership transitions from Saul to David. It's a transition that's amazing. One of my favorites, though, is in the Old Testament when Moses transitions out of leadership, leading the Israelites out of Egypt, to Joshua, who is going to now lead the Israelites into the promised land that God has given them. Moses, let's remember this now, God called him after he was completely beaten down. He is at this point in time 80 years old and has accomplished nothing except just absolutely ruining a golden opportunity he had as the prince of Egypt, all right? 80 years old, he's ruined his, all of his opportunities, and God speaks to him, Moses, I want you to go lead my people out of Egypt. He is so insecure I mean, God has to literally talk him into it, say, I'll send your brother with you. Go, do this, I'm with you. Moses goes from being this insecure person who's just afraid of everything to leading the people out of Egypt, leading them through the wandering and their lack of faith in the wilderness, and becomes at the end of Deuteronomy what they describe as the greatest leader that Israel has ever had. That's how Deuteronomy ends. And then it says, And then Joshua took over. And I love that transition because it's just terrible. You don't want to be Joshua in that moment. Like, man, Moses really was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, now now it's your turn, Joshua. It's just like, it's the same feeling when you're playing your trumpet in front of your friends and you know it's terrible. Um, It's just not a good setup, right? You want to follow the person who's terrible, right? I think we were, I was talking about this with someone in the lobby. You don't want to follow Bill Belichick. You want to, follow Freddie Kitchens. You know, you don't want to follow the good coach. You want to follow the bad coach. And so (laughs) the poor Cleveland Browns. I apologize if you're a Cleveland fan. Um, The idea here, though, is Joshua, even though he's intimidated, even though he is overwhelmed and and not sure how this is going to work, it says in Joshua chapter one that God speaks to Joshua and his message is crystal clear. He's saying, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for I, the Lord your God, am with you everywhere you go. That's that's the word that God speaks to Joshua. So Joshua has to step out in faith. He's got to activate his gift. Now he's the leader of Israel, following, you know, the greatest leader they've ever had. And he's got to step out in faith and activate his gift. And sure enough, God used Joshua to do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. We have to activate our gifts with confidence. We also have to activate our gifts with courage. We've got to recognize, hey, God's created me in this moment, in this time, for a specific act, for a specific reason. I've got to get out there and fulfill you know, the purpose and the calling that God's placed on my life. I've got to activate my gift. I've got to step out in faith and live into this dream that God has for me. And what I love about this idea is that courage is not the absence of fear. We're all going to have moments where we're afraid or we're insecure. Courage is faith in the presence of God. It's saying, God, I believe that you've created me for this moment. God, I believe that I'm your masterpiece and that you've given me gifts and abilities that you want me to use for you and for your glory. And when I activate those gifts, when I get off the sidelines, that's when I start thriving. That's when I start living fully into the purpose and the plan that he has for me. We gotta step out in faith and do it. We gotta use those gifts that he's given us. First Peter 4 continues on. Then everything you do, will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. 
I mean, this speaks to our character, right? When I activate my gift with character, what I'm doing is recognizing these gifts and abilities that God has given me aren't to point people to me like, oh, look at me. I'm an amazing trumpet player. This is awesome. I am killing it up here. No. My ability is to give glory to God, to connect people with him, to be used for him and, and for his glory. That, that's why we all exist here. We've been created by him and for him. And when we activate our gifts, you guys, I'm telling you, that's when our journey with Jesus comes alive. That's when we start experiencing and moving and working in ways we never would have dreamed. And it's unbelievable to realize that we can be part of that journey that changes people's lives, that connects people with Jesus. And there's nothing like being part of that journey. When Ashley gets up here and, and tells us we're going to have a, a baptism service here in a couple weeks, and we realize we've baptized 115 people over the last year, would you consider that for a moment? That's not anything that anyone on our staff can, you know, pat ourselves on the back for. Guys, that's a God thing. That's the church coming together, every single one of us utilizing the gifts and abilities that he's given us to create this experience, this atmosphere, these moments where people connect with Jesus, take these next steps in their faith, and become more like him. That's an act of God. That is something that we celebrate because that's not us. That's God moving and working. And there's nothing like recognizing the power of a changed life, recognizing that God has arrived on the, sh on the scene, and he's used me to help be part of his story. I want to encourage you today, use your gift. Step out in faith. Overcome any insecurities or fears that you have. Don't allow yourselves or relegate yourselves to the sidelines. Let's start living life to the fullest. Let's live into this purpose and plan that God has for us. Let's walk with confidence. Let's walk with courage. Let's walk with character, recognizing that if I develop this habit in my life where I'm hanging out with God on a regular basis, where I'm activating my gifts and letting him use me, I am going to be thriving. My relationship with God is going to be stronger than it has ever been. I love this last verse that we're going to be looking at today. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to Timothy. And Paul has been a huge mentor to Timothy. He's trying to train Timothy as the next leader to carry the torch and build the church that Paul is building right now. And so this is the word that Paul speaks to Timothy about spiritual gifts. He says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. You've got to fan that gift into flame. You've got to work at it. Make sure it grows. Make sure you're putting it into practice. And then Paul gives him the kicker in 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Can we read that verse out loud together? 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's the verse we're memorizing this week. Spoiler alert, that's the one, all right? And why? Because it's really important. It captures the essence of everything we're talking about here today. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity. When you break that word timidity down in the Greek, it's I want to be like Tim, right, okay? Um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> but that was fun for me to say. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He doesn't want us to walk in our insecurity and our fears and stay on the sidelines. No. He's given us a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. 
He wants us to be walking in his power and in his spirit, activating the gifts that he's given us, hanging out with him, spending time with him, growing in my relationship with him, living with my hands up, palms open, because I want everything that he has for me. And there's this challenge, this idea of living what we call a bottoms-up lifestyle. It's whatever God is pouring into me, into my life, it's my duty to turn around and pour that into somebody else's life. It's that bottoms-up lifestyle, that bottoms-up mindset. Whatever God is pouring into me, I have to activate that. I've got to be willing to pour that into the lives of other people. And that's when God is using me and I'm living into the purpose and plan that he has for me. Guys, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He's given us a spirit of power. He is with us, of love, with eyes open to see who needs the love that God has shown me. And self-discipline. That means I'm making time for these habits in my life. I'm developing these habits that change everything. I want to encourage you today with this question. Have you activated your gift? Are you using the gifts and abilities that God has given you to speak life into the people that he's placed in your world? Are you using the gifts and abilities that he's given you to grow his kingdom, to connect people with Jesus? Man, if he's given you the power of speaking, that gift of speaking, speak as if the voice of God is speaking through you. If he's given you the, the gift of prophecy, of speaking his truth into people's lives, speak that truth with the power of God's voice behind you. If he's given you the, the gift of helping, then help with all the strength that you have. Give it everything you've got. Because if you're sitting on the sidelines, I'm telling you guys, you're missing out on that purpose and that plan, that life to the fullest that God is longing for you to experience. You're missing out on that perfect and beautiful plan that he has for you. So today, would you be that, that person who makes that commitment? I am going to be one who activates my gifts. I'm going to let God use me. I'm going to live into that purpose and plan that he created for me. I'm going to be his masterpiece, doing the good works that he prepared for me long ago. Together, as a church, let's make the commitment. If we're going to thrive, it starts with hanging out with God, taking time to spend with God each day meditating on his word, letting him speak to me, being surrendered to who it is that he is calling me to be and doing what it is that he's calling me to do. And that means I have to activate my gift. I can't relegate myself to the sidelines. I can't walk in my insecurity and my fear. No, it's time to activate my gift. Live life to the fullest. Live into that purpose and plan that God has created you for. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Jesus, I just wanna invite you into this moment. Jesus, I ask that you would just give us the courage to step out in faith and to activate the gifts that you've given each and every one of us here today. God, it would start a revolution if all of us were committed to just being faithful with the talents and the gifts and abilities that you've given us here today. God, would you give us eyes to look around in the world that you've placed us in, to look with love, the love that you've shown us at the people that you've placed in our lives and help us to see through your eyes the people who need your love. Recognize the opportunities that are there to use the gifts that you've given us to connect people with you and to grow your kingdom. God, you have a plan for each and every one of us. And it's a beautiful plan. It's a plan that you've created for us from the beginning of time. So God, help us to activate our gifts, to live into this plan that you have for us, and to celebrate when you show up and what you're doing that only you can do. Help us to thrive in our relationship with you. For all you've done, we thank you today, Jesus. For all you're going to do, God, we look forward with anticipation and give you praise. We pray this in your holy name together and we say,